hey, you guys. Welcome to this episode of the Inspired to Be You show. I'm your host, Amanda Krebs, and I'm truly excited and honored to have my guest on this evening. Um, Mrs. Deborah, Deborah Nichol is a happiness designer. Um, she has been working with people for over 25 years, um, be, using mindfulness um, and cognitive techniques and behavioral techniques that'll help you um, really move forward and become the happiest version of yourself. So I'm excited to have her on. And without further ado, Deborah, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. So go ahead and share with our listeners today a little bit about your story and how you became the happiness designer. You bet. So I'm just going to go kind of back to the beginning and give you a little Reader's Digest version. So um, about 27 years ago, without aging myself too much, I was really, I was young, I had two small kids, and I was in search of the eluded happiness. And I married young, had the kids young, and to be honest, I didn't know what I was doing, I didn't know myself. And so I was going along searching out things, and as life with, would have it, you get a few curveballs. So you ended up getting a divorce and, you know, taking pennies to the gas station to fill my gas tank and feeling like a failure and not really knowing which way to turn. So I started reading self-help books and got myself back on track. I started taking some courses and discovered that I had a really great ability to have um, empathy for people and it was a unique way for me to see their life and how it could be better so easily by making a few changes and so this was really great for other people however with myself I was always a little foggy about how that was going to work but Eventually, I had the courage, after taking a gazillion courses, I had the courage to actually start a practice. And I started the practice, and it was going along great. And I had a fall. And it was the craziest thing. I fell into our window well off of our deck. And no, I hadn't been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> or anything like that but I and, and I banged my head knocked myself out and I, I hurt myself quite badly actually hurt my hip and so now my practice was put on hold now as I became a perfecter of the self-saboteur I would say I continued that little feat where every four three four five six years I would do something to sabotage my life. I would have an accident. I would, um, you know, I would get, I would fall into a depression for one reason or another. I would, um, I'm a person who doesn't, or used to not sleep well. So I just carried on these, these things. And so bringing you up to date, when I came back from, you know, this hip injury, I hired a marketing company and I built my business up and it was awesome. However, there is this little part of me that this business that I had built 
soon became not me. It became about the marketing and not really what I wanted. And I wasn't sure what to do about that. And so I was really kind of asking for some guidance. And while I was asking for guidance, apparently I was missing all the signs that were happening. And I ended up falling on some ice and getting a really severe concussion and started looking after that same thing. My practice started getting on hold because I, I couldn't work. I started to have trouble speaking and communicating and all the things that really were about my business. And so as I carried on, I was you know working towards getting better apparently was not doing the right things and was not really self-aware enough. I had enough self-awareness that I was doing some of the right things, but not really listening to what was happening with myself. And so lo and behold, I had another concussion. We were walking our dogs and we got attacked by this dog and it was at Easter time and there was, it was still a little bit snowy. Anyways, I, I took a really bad fall and it, it, I didn't bang my head this time. I actually landed on my tailbone and I had no idea that you could get a concussion from that. But also from the trauma of being attacked by this dog, once again, I was still fumbling, but this particular accident then took me into a really deep, dark hole. Uh, when I was trying to get out of it, I was, I was reaching out to everybody that I knew who could help me. And in that, I discovered all of these things and then was diagnosed shortly after that with PTSD. So over the next three years, I quickly tried to gather myself together to try to get my speech back. And I'm an avid reader and I couldn't read because I couldn't follow the words and I had trouble driving. So I, I was having to be driven everywhere. And I would have, if I drove somewhere, sometimes I forget where I was going. My husband had to get me two or three times because I had full on breakdown, had no idea where I was. And I've lived in the city most of my life. And so it was a low, low, low point for me. But during all of this, I was writing if i couldn't write i was leaving these little video or audio notes for myself on what the experience was like because sometimes when you get out of an experience you don't like you know what happened and you just kind of want to leave that shit behind and you don't want to think about it anymore but i want i knew i was gonna have to do something with it because this wasn't happening to me just because and i knew that it was going to be important thing to be sharing with people as I move forward. I didn't know at the time what I was going to do. And, you know, now I can look back and I can, you know, string that sentence together and say, that, you know, I, I knew that that was happening then, but then I didn't know completely. And so if that makes any sense to, right. to anyone. And so anyways, as it had, I, when I started coming out of it, I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, what what am I gonna do? I still had this business, but three years out, you you kind of lose touch with people. And when I don't feel well, or if I have a lot of crap going on, I'm a little bit of a hider. And it's more because I need to sort it out for myself before I can share it. And so I've been hiding for three years, trying to get better, going through some of the most terrible dark 
darker times that I've ever had. And so as I started coming out of it, I thought like I need a reinvention, not only just of my business, but of myself. And so I'm 53 for people that are trying to do the math about the 25 years. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I know I sound like a little kid sometimes on the phone, but anyways, um, I'm a little, little kid at heart. I'm telling you. So what happened with this reinvention was, is this time I was going to do it exactly how I wanted to do it. And I realized, I thought, you know, I don't know myself, but that was not really true. I really did. What was happening for me is I knew myself so well, but I actually didn't have the courage to be who I was and not have to apologize for it. Yeah. And I think getting to that place, when you have an accident and you, and you have to come back, you kind of get to a point where you don't give a shit about what people think anymore because you just can't fit it into your life with all the other stuff going on. So I, I was kind of there and realized that knowing who you are and what you're about and how you react to different certain situations is key to how your life unfolds and what you want to create for yourself. And so we were, I'm always, I'm a super positive person. So of course, when you go to the darkness, it, it's, it's not fun. It's not fun for anybody, but a super, super positive person who can't get out of it, you feel absolutely defeated. Mm -hmm. And so, and I know that I am not the only one that's ever felt like that. You know, that, that feels like, I, I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. That's where I was at. I didn't know if I wanted to. And, and so I think that was a bigger thing when I came out of it. I was like, oh, I need to be able to be in a place and use the things that got me out of it to help other people. And so we came up with Happiness Designer because I, I have a diploma in interior design. I have a whole bunch of diplomas. <laughs> that I have really done nothing with except take this information and use personally, to be honest, to, to make myself this, you know, fabulous little pixie. And so I, I wanted to take all of that and kind of put it together. And so my marketing girl, her and I became really, really good friends and her and I were like having this great discussion about what, and what we were going to do and what, you know, what I was going to call myself and, you know, coach didn't really work and all of this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I just to be a happiness designer and help people design like these awesome, this awesome life and create everyday happiness. Yeah. It's great to like have all the goals and set them and stuff. But what happens is a lot of people get to their goals and they're like, Oh, I, I thought I'd, you know, be a lot more excited or a lot happier about, you know, reaching this thing. And some people are, but some people are like, oh, I didn't get the joy out of that, that I wanted. And part of it is because we do not enjoy the journey along the way. Yeah. And so that's where the happiness designer came from. And from that, I create, help people create a happiness blueprint, which is basically a cheat sheet for life. It's a little thing for them to balance their business and their personal life. It helps you figure out like, what are your stress points? 
like we all think, oh yeah, like I'm stressed about this and this and this, but you can't actually, if you can pinpoint the actual point of the stress, you can do something about it. Mm -hmm. and, and everybody's different, right? I'm a total reactive person. Like I, I mean like zero to 60 in about two seconds. And I haven't changed. That's still in, totally inside me. But what's changed is I don't verbally or, you know, physically have to act out my, you know, zero to 60 anymore. I know that about myself. And so I have to take a, I take a little deep breath, mm. you know? And those are really important things for me to know. My insides are going wild. Don't get me wrong, you know, because you don't change certain things about that. What you do learn to do is manage it. And so... And it's okay to manage that. I know that about myself and I'm okay with it. If I know something's going to drive me crazy, guess what? I, I don't necessarily participate anymore. Yes. Whereas before I was dukes up, man. <laughs> I love that. And that actually brings me down to a question. I mean, how do you decipher, I mean, personally, how do you decipher when you do something and when you don't? Because um, a lot of people feel they need to do everything and because there's some sort of an emotional connection to the human that they're that uh, as asking something or there's some sort of a, an underlying obligation I know myself I used to feel always obligated to serve all of the time and then I would drain myself and I wasn't good for anybody else either so what what are your thoughts around that Deborah? yeah that's a huge thing and you know it's a huge thing for women because I think we grow up with a lot of extra demands on us and we take them on right we see our moms do all this stuff and you know hold it all together and family and driving and i think as as life has carried on and as time passes like i know when i was a mom i was doing everything for my kids absolutely everything until i realized that exactly what you said is you you drain yourself so it's finding that point of actually making, figuring out what is a priority for you. You know, what are the things that you need to do? Not that you have to do. And I know a big changer for me was people would ask me something, you know, to participate in something or do something. And I'd be like, oh, sure, I'll help you. And then the closer it got to it, I'd be like, oh my God, why did I say yes? I don't want to do that. And so... I figured out that when people asked me, I would say to them, oh, that's an awesome idea, which I always thought it was. Can I get back to you? I never give people an answer right away. And what that does, it allows me to really check with myself to see if it's something that I really want to do. Isn't that a million dollar tip? Oh, and what happens with that, and email is amazing. When people ask you through email, just, you know, it's okay to take a couple minutes or, you know, say, can I get, you know, I have a lot going on. Can I get back to you tomorrow? You know, and then if it becomes something that you want to do, you call them up and you go, yes, I'm absolutely in. Or you call them up and say, you know what, I think what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. I cannot fit it into my schedule right now. Right. And, and it's okay. And, you know, people would rather do that then have you call and cancel. I used to get sick. That was my out. If I wasn't able to say no, I used to, I used to, and I, I physically made myself sick with some sort of cold or, you know, stomach ache. 
so that I could call them and say, ah, oh, you know, I'm really sorry. I, I can't make it. I, I'm, you know, not feeling well. Do you know? But that gets annoying after a bit. Yes. Right? But, well, and that comes down to the point where people, there's a lot of experts out there that say you can literally give yourself physical, um, physical ailments based on emotional problems. Yes. Right? And so figuring out, um, that underlying issue is always so important. Can you give uh, the audience like a couple of tips on how to really determine what your underlying pain point might be? Sure. So we think the biggest thing is, is that we don't actually take the time to, this is totally connected to knowing who we are, right? And, and what we're about. And I think when you step more into and honoring who you are, and that's by taking, I don't care who you are, you need to take a little bit of time for yourself. And I think when my kids were young, I thought, oh, you know, I and I hear this all the time, I don't have time to do that. The truth is, is that you don't have time not to do that. And so finding that, it can be 10 minutes. For me, I used to have a bath and it didn't matter, and I still do. I have had a bath since I moved out That's every my single life. night. That's my yeah, like, and, and I'm sorry for you environmentalists. I, I know I waste water, but it's just so essential. I don't fill the tub fully full. Just <laughs> That's my con contribution to the environment. But for me, it was a way for me to just wash the day off, to relax. And sometimes I get in the tub when it's filling. So... In all honesty, my baths are probably like 15 minutes long because I don't lay in there like after. I just really enjoy being in there when it's when it's filling. Oh. And, right, so it's finding the one thing that you're gonna do for yourself. One thing. And then pick the time of day that you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Right, so now my kids have left home and it's just my husband and I and our two dogs and so the morning time is my time yes and it would have been when my kids were growing up but I sacrificed a lot of sleep for our house to be super clean for the laundry to be done and looking back I I wish I wouldn't have done that I wish someone had told me carve out this time for yourself because the truth is, is that there's always going to be laundry. There's always going to be cleaning up to do. There's always going to be all of these other things. What there's not always going to be is your energy and your self-love and your self-worth. And all of that stuff starts to drain you mm -hmm. as you get older. You don't have the energy anymore. You, you know, and like I have lots of energy for all the great things. And I'll be really honest, my, I have, I've been married a second time on my second marriage and he's amazing. We've been married for 25 years, but he, he will die that I'm telling everyone this, but he does the laundry and he does a really good job. I mean, I had a few little bit of clothing that was, you know, became Barbie size when he first started doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate doing laundry. I don't know what it is. I, I, like, there's nothing wrong with that. I, just, I don't know why. I, I like clean clothes. Don't get me wrong. But I, I hate doing laundry. And so he does it. 
And, and I love that about him. Right. And it's one, it's one of those things. Like if you do have a spouse or a partner, find the job that they don't mind doing and let them do it and not control everything all the time. Right. And that's really important for women, but men too. I think that, I think men are just as guilty as overworking themselves and, and um, not being happy because of that and, and taking expectation and um, taking things personally all really um, have a massive um, play in that. Absolutely. Let's I, oh, Amanda, sorry, I'm going to add to that just if I could. Okay. One thing that I find really important, I have so many women come in and, and, and say, well, my husband doesn't do this. My husband doesn't do this. Or my partner doesn't do this. Or my kids don't do that. And you know, what's really funny is I ask them, have you asked them to do that? No, well, I shouldn't have to. They should know me and they should, you know, know that, you know, the kids should know that they should clean up their room and all of this stuff. And the truth is, is if you haven't asked for what you want, chances are you aren't getting it. Boom. Right there. Right. So let's talk about that in a bigger perspective. Right. Okay. Let's talk about that in a bigger perspective. If you are not asking your children, your husband, your family, your friends, and letting them know what you need, they cannot help you. The same with our higher power, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, insert your belief system here. Um, but what is it that is the most important step when asking for those things that you want in your life? I know a lot of people will ask and then they'll hyper-focus on things. Do you think that that's beneficial or do you think it's one of those things where you know, you've set it out there and you forget it and you move forward? What's your take on that? So I think if you're asking the universe, I think you set it out there and, and you leave it. I make a list every morning, the things that I'm going to do in the day that I know that I'm going to get done. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I always have a little line of the things that I know that I'm going to get done. And I have a little line with a couple of extras just in case I can fit them in. But I know those are just in case. Then I split the page in half, and on the other side, I, what I want the universe to do. And because sometimes you need help. Right? I love that. I and so, exactly. And I, I, I ask for things like, I need to get my car cleaned, but like, I don't see anywhere in my day that that can happen. And boom, my husband will take it or um, I'll be driving somewhere and I'll, I'll be passing the car wash and there's no lineup. And I think, Oh, I can zip in there for three minutes. It's fantastic. But if you don't put that out there, you're not really looking for it. And so you're not expecting it to happen. And so now when I ask the universe for stuff in the day, I, I expect it. And guess what? It starts to happen. And it took a little while you know, for some things to happen, but I put them out there. And sometimes, you know, I'll ask for something on a Monday and it doesn't come till Friday, but all the better. Right, right. It is, and it's about, it's about telling people exact, it's what you need in, in that moment, what kind of help you need. We all need help. We never do it alone. Right. And so for those who are trying to do it alone, stop it. Stop it. Oh, I love that. I always, uh, one of my mentors said to me um, in the very beginning of time when I really started into my personal development journey, he said to me that um, if you want to go far, go alone, or fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. 
Yes. And so I always kept that with me and became the person who just wanted to consistently collaborate and consistently um, work with other people. And so I feel sometimes that people segregate themselves. Um, what's your What's your thoughts around you know helping people outside push push outside of their comfort zone because they're fearful to to really allow people in to help serve them. Because I think people are really good at serving, but they're, it's really hard on the other aspect to ha allow people to serve you or to receive the abundance or, and things that you've been asking for. Yeah, so I think one of the big keys is, is that unless you are a good receiver, you're not a good giver. Ooh, juicy. And so someone told me that years and years ago, and I thought, I'm an excellent giver. But was that true? You know, little things like, like, were, was I giving freely, do you know, of my time? Or did I do things with an expectation that people would acknowledge it or say thank you or whatever? And I really had to think about that. And I had to become more of a receiver. And when you get to these dark places and you know when you're on your journey and, and you need help, you need help and asking for help sometime is one of the hardest things you'll ever do, but it's one of the best things you'll ever do. Right. I tell you, sometimes um, somebody else said to me once too, that was another one that stuck out to me was if you deny um, somebody offering you help, guidance, service, um, you're actually hurting them more than you're hurting you because it's their opportunity to serve. Exactly. Exactly. And they, and think about the, 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 the feelings that you get when you give a gift of time or knowledge or whatever it is you're giving or actual gift, like let's say it's a birthday gift and you give that and you see the joy on someone's face, right? That they opened it and you're like, and you're there with them and they're like, Oh, this is the most amazing gift ever, blah, blah, blah. And you got to experience that with them. Now imagine if you're not a good receiver, somebody, that same person brings a gift to you and you say, oh, thank you so much. I'm just going to put it over here and open it later. You've just denied them the opportunity of feeling that same joy that they had when you gave them the gift. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh so, my gosh. I hope you guys are taking notes. <laughs> million dollar information on how to just become the more happy version of yourself period Deborah, I just love you and and how real you are and your vision and all of that kind of fun stuff I would love for you to share with our audience um, kind of what you got going on I heard you have like a 10-day happiness challenge coming up is that true yes so it's free yes Yes, it is. It's a 10 day happiness challenge. All you have to do is register. And do you want the registration or? Yeah, do it up. Give us the registration because we want okay. them to be able to do it. You bet. It's www.shaman at inheal, sorry, shamaninheals.com slash happy. Awesome. So we'll also take that link and drop it into the comments or into the description below Deborah's uh, podcast here or episode here. And that way you guys can reach out to her at any point in time. We'll have her Facebook links there and we'll also have the happiness challenge link. And you have something else coming out or did it come out already on Friday? So it, it will come out. So I, the happiness challenge, 
it seriously is so much fun. And what it is, is like, you get an email, you open the email, you read it, you implement the challenge into the day. So it's super easy. It's not all this extravagant stuff. Sometimes that you have to do on a challenge. It, this challenge is to make you happy, not annoyed. <laughs> and, so, and, it, and it's super easy. And it, it's so much fun. I had so much fun making it. But what it is, is we forget sometimes that the little things in our life, like the daily activities and our daily, like some of our most boring activities, like going to get groceries or something like that, can really turn out to be the best parts of our day if we're paying attention. And so that's what the happiness challenge is. And coming out this week is I wrote a happiness hearts and heals workbook. Ooh. And it's an ebook and it is all about getting to know yourself. So there's some activities in there, exercises that I've used over the last 20 some odd years with people to figure out who they are and what they like. You know, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, The Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts, but she, she keeps you know, getting engaged and getting up to the altar. But when she gets to the altar, she looks at these men and she freaks out and runs away. And so when she finally decides that, you know, I, I've got to stop doing this, she tries to figure out who she is. And one of the things is she didn't know what kind of eggs she liked because whoever she was with, she just ate whatever he liked. And so she, Figuring out who she was, she was like making all these different kind of eggs to figure out what she liked. And life is kind of like that, right? It's just trying to think, like, what do you like? Like, what's your opinion on this? And, you know, how do you react to things? You know, and, the, and people have to remember, too, the things that you do is not necessarily who you are. It's just something that you do. Yes. And I think that's hugely important. So anyways, that's what the Happiness Hearts and Heals workbook is all about. It'll be available this week. You can go to the website. It's $39.99 um, plus GST and it's 29 pages and I'm super proud of it. So I, I would love, love, love if you, uh, if you had a boo at it. So Oh, absolutely. So let's leave our listeners today with some of your favorite books when you kind of started on your journey, the, the books that you thought, you know what, I'm super glad I read those. So the very first one, the very first uh, self-help book I ever read was Living in the Light by, Sh by Shakti Gawain. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those books that it just had a huge impact on me because that her ideas were simple but so relatable i couldn't put the book down and it actually gave me the courage to leave my first marriage because i realized as i was re I, I knew i was unhappy but i think i didn't really know how unhappy i was and it's not that book that you know oh if you want to leave your husband read this book it's not like that it was just more a self-reflection of like why am i unhappy and what's happening you know, and that kind. So that was the first one. The other one that I love is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. An amazing book. It, it talks about kind of your 
physical ailments and connects it to the probable cause that's connected to emotion. Mm -hmm. And I love that because sometimes I, I need a check in sometimes, you know, you've got a sore toe and <laughs> you want to let what's happening with myself. So that's super, it's a super fun book and it's an ongoing book. I, I constantly refer back to it. One of the uh, next books that I absolutely loved was called The Book of Awakening by Mark Nepo. And um, the, little, the little tag on it is having the life you want by being present to the life you have. And I think that super connects to what I'm all about too, is, is really enjoying the happiness, like in your moments, right? Yeah. Those are so important. If you string a whole bunch of happy moments together, guess what? You've had a pretty darn good day, you know? And so this one is, uh, you can start it at any time, but it's one of those things where they have a little read for every day of the year with a little quote. And I love that about this book because it's like, you know, a little book of goodness for every day. Mm. And I love Brené Brown's books. They're fantastic. And the other one that I really, really liked when I was feeling quite blue actually was Carry On Warrior by Glennon Doyle Melton. And she, she's just, she's so funny and she's so honest and raw that you just you you're endeared to her and i love the way she writes i love that she's just who she is mm -hmm. and i think that's a really good you know thing for all of us is to hang out with people who are just who they are and and love themselves for it you know right oh, love it. oh i got one more do it really cool book called animal speak and it's this tiny pocket guide and it's called animal speak by ted andrews if you're a nature person or you're out walking and see animals and wonder what there's the significance to you seeing them is that's what this book is about and so mine i was just telling someone the other day the pages of mine literally need to be like taped together right now <laughs> But we take that book to Hawaii and when we travel and all kinds of places because you see all kinds of, you know, things that you don't see here. And so it's a super fun. So thank you. <laughs> no, I love it. Thank you so much for being here with us today and, and really providing a lot of value for my audience. And I just, I am 100% super, super grateful. As we're leaving, go ahead and leave your top tip for um moving forward in 2020 my top tip would be to find three things in your day that make you happy mm. so either you can do either find three things that make you happy or you can start out your day and list three things that you do or will do towards your happiness oh love it you guys, well, we thank you for being here as well. Um, I know that you definitely got value out of this episode. I'm super excited about it. Make sure you check out Deborah on all of her links and such. And um, thank you. And again, 
Thank you so much for being here. And just remember, all you need to do is inspire to be yourself. Um, and if you loved this episode, do us a favor. Let's get the message out so more people could be happy and get out of their way. So go ahead and press subscribe and share, and we will connect with you again very soon. Have a good one.